Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good today, isn't he? Every day. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, I just want to share just a, um, a couple of um, um, announcements. Um, for those that have been a part of uh, Manifesting Me over the years, um, it's a women's gathering that we do once a year. And um, uh, Pastor Mary has been involved in our movement for some time, as well as um, last year, I believe her entire team came out with the um, the worship team as well as the prophetic and healing team, and we was at the convention center. And this year, it is going to be September 14th through the 16th, and it's going to be at Zion Pickerington. And um, I'm not sure if anyone heard as of yet, but we're excited that it's going to be there. And um, I would like to bless all of the women here to um, enter into the um, gathering, the conference for free. So um, if you desire to be a part of this women's gathering, um, the 14th through the 16th, amen, I'm telling you it's going to be phenomenal. Um, the, the theme is the release of God's glory, and uh, we're just excited to um, know that God has us on his heart, amen, in Columbus, Ohio. So I can give you more information um, after um, church, um, but I want to share a testimony uh, real quick, and then I'm going to give it to um, Derek. Um, my brother, many of you have brothers, right? <laughs> and... Um, and sisters, and I have a brother that um, was in prison for some time, and he was in prison for about four years. And um, those that have family members that have experienced that knows that they themselves are in that prison, if you want to say, because they're going through as their loved one is going through. And um, God released him this year in 2018, and I just want to share with every one of you, even if you don't have someone in prison behind bars, or um, you may have a loved one that needs Jesus, you know, that's in a prison cell of sin, that's in a prison cell of bondage, of of depression, and, and, and all the things of life that is being thrown at them, and they need Jesus. Anybody have a family member that needs Jesus? <laughs> Amen. And they could be free here on in society, but they could be bound up, held in captivity. Amen. But I just want to release a spirit of freedom. Um, and I just want us to all stand if it's okay. And um, before my husband take the... Um, uh, the microphone from me. <laughs> I just want to pray. And there was definitely, there is definitely a spirit of intercession in this place um, as we was just in worship. And I just want you to um, get in your mind that person that needs Jesus, that person that you've been praying for. Maybe it's a son, maybe it's a daughter, maybe it's a mother, maybe it's a father, maybe it's a um, relative, or maybe it's not a relative, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's a coworker, amen, but I truly believe that God wants to release them, 
in this year. He wants to release them. He wants to set them free in the name of Jesus. He wants to deliver them. So I'm just going to speak a word of freedom. I'm going to pray a word of freedom. Amen. So just get that person in your mind right now as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now for the spirit of freedom. We thank you for the spirit of freedom that dwells, oh God, in this place, God. Oh God, we just ask you right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, to set the captains free, God. In the name of Jesus, I speak life, I speak peace, I speak joy in the name of Jesus over that loved one. Just like you did for my brother, God, I speak, oh God, freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Let freedom reign, God. Oh God, we ask you in the name of Jesus to deliver deliver our family members, God. We ask you, oh God, to bring them into salvation, oh God. We ask you in the name of Jesus to bring them to Jesus, oh God. We declare and we decree, God, that our family will be saved, God. Our loved ones will be saved, God. In the name of Jesus, God, our family member, our brother, our sister, our parents, God, we declare healing. We declare salvation for our loved ones, God. We declare salvation for this nation, God. We declare salvation for the city of Columbus. We declare salvation for the state of Ohio. Oh, God, we come together. You said when two or three gather together in your name, God, you shall be in the midst, God, and we declare freedom. We declare salvation. We declare deliverance. We declare wholeness in the spirit, oh, God, of their minds and their bodies, God. We come up against drug addictions, God. We come up against any bondage, oh God, of sin, oh God, in the name of Jesus that has held them captive, God. We declare freedom. Let freedom reign in this place, God. Let freedom reign within us, God. Oh God, pour in us, God, so we can pour out, oh God, to your sons and daughters that need you the most, God. In the name of Jesus, stir up the gifts that lies within us, Lord. Stir it up, God. Stir it up, God. Stir it up, God. Stir up those gifts, Lord, that lies within us, God, that brings salvation, God. In the name of Jesus, that places a jewel into Jesus' crown, a soul that he has died for. Oh, God, we pray right now. We come together, and we pray for salvation and deliverance, God. We pray for the freedom of your spirit and the release of your glory to rest in this place, to rest in our lives, to rest in our family lives, God. We pray in the name of Jesus that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, God, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in this presence. Hallelujah. I love my friends, Jim and Mary Baker. They're awesome. You guys have a wonderful pastor, wonderful spiritual leaders, and I uh, just want to bless them too where they at, wherever they are, enjoying themselves. And Father, I thank you for your son, your daughter. Father, I thank you for 
even with the call that you have on their life, for the direction that you have called them to go in, God. Father, where they are right now, I ask you that you refuel and refire them today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings. 2 Kings. Chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. And as we were in worship, I had a vision of, of a gate just, just opening up in heaven. The, it was like a floodgate just went straight up. And it, and it was a flood that came from heaven down to the earth. And the Lord spoke to me in the middle of, that, in the middle of worship service. He said, are the vessels empty? Are the vessels empty? Because he pours into something. Amen. He pours into something. And as we were laying there crying out for God, God is filling. He was filling us in that moment. He was filling us with purpose and filling us with destiny and filling us with answered prayer. And you just receive it in the name of Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Scripture says, a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. Come on now. She said, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. Somebody say, he feared the Lord. And the creditors come to take away my two sons to be his slaves. And Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me. And before she could respond, he says, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Somebody say, but oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons with, with your sons and then pour into all those vessels and set aside the ones that are full. Verse 5, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. Somebody say poured out. I want to stop there for a moment because God told me to speak about two things today. Two different people today. One is similar to this lady here that we're reading about who had an encounter with God where God supplied all of her needs over time. But something happened that stopped the flow. In her case, it was the death of her husband. It's, and I don't know about you, but I've been there before where something I depended on, something I was I counted on all the time, suddenly went away. And then you're left with trying to figure out how I'm going to do these things and how I'm going to take care of the bills and how I'm going to take care of all the things that my husband used to take care of or my job used to take care of or my career used to take care of or school used to take care of. And all of a sudden you find yourself with anxiety and becoming desperate. 
See, when you get anxiety and become desperate, you start making decisions that cause debt to mount up. You cause things to break down, cause things to become overread. And then when you become desperate, you start selling things, giving away things, not using the wisdom of God. Am I the only one? See, some people don't know how it is to struggle with poverty. See, Satan doesn't mind you being healed. He, he, he don't mind you being healed. He'll let that go. He don't even mind if you accept Jesus Christ. Just don't lead no one else. But he fights in the realm of poverty. He will ward a hold on to poverty in the mind of the believer because if he can hold on to poverty, he can stop the flow of God in the community. He can, stop, he can stop what God has been speaking to the church about raising up things like, like the great building you have downtown in Columbus. He's, where he spoke clear as day to raise that up for the kingdom of God. And if you're struggling with poverty in the mind, not the pocket now. See, poverty is not about what money you have. It deals with what you're trying to hold on to. See, see, when you're, when you're stuck in a mind of poverty, God can't move in your, in your finances. This woman borrowed so much stuff to cover her debt, only to find herself still in lack. And I don't know about you, but I look at verse 3 where the man of God told her to go borrow some more vessels. I mean, God, you mean I'm already in debt? And you're telling me to go borrow from the same people I just borrowed from that got in debt. See, when God tells you to do something, sometimes you got to swallow that thing called pride. See, what, what, what are they thinking about me? What are they saying about me? All that has to go out the window when God is speaking to your heart about doing something. This woman, God said to go borrow from everywhere. Somewhere, somebody say everywhere. everywhere. All your neighbors. Everywhere, all your neighbors. Which means that God is going to use the very thing that you call nothing, that you have. He's going to use that nothing to bring forth the miracle in your life. Amen. What you have already in the house, God said, I'm going to use that. And I'm going to take, when you get to the end of your natural, I'm going to press in with super. And the super going to meet the natural and bring forth a miracle for your life. This woman didn't even question it. Not, not only did she not question it, but her sons didn't even question it. Somebody said she was raised up in church. <laughs> See, you, you know we've been around God all day. Because God will tell you to do something that sounds crazy to your family, to your friends. It'll sound like music to your ears. See, we, when, when push comes to shove, you, you get on that end of desperate. You'll listen to anything God says to do. Think about her sons. They were fully invested. Hey, we're about to be sold off in slavery. And this was a time when you don't even know if the people were actually following the laws of Moses. They don't know if they're following the laws of Moses or not. Are we going to be seven years or are we going to be a lifetime in slavery? Are we coming back or no? 
So everything is riding on this crazy idea of going back to your friends and borrowing more stuff and, and, and bringing it into the house. And here it is. He said, shut the door. Shut the door. Some of us have phone calls with people that God says the, the, in the season where he's bringing you out, you can't be connected to people that are speaking down on it. You can't be connected with people that are saying, God didn't say that. God didn't tell you to do that. Because people will talk you right out of the move of God. He'll talk you right out of what God is doing for this city. She closed the door. And she began to pour out. She began to pour out. I want you to grab your neighbor's hand right now. Because right now, it's about to flow. It's about to flow in your life. They begin to pour out. There's things in you that God's been speaking to your neighbor and you about. That he says it's in the house. The thing that I need to bring forth, the miracle in your life is there. And God's going to bring it right now to your, to your mind. And I want, as it comes, say release. Release. In the mighty name of Jesus. Release. Let it flow. In Jesus' name. Look at verse number six. It says, now it came to pass when the vessels were full. Somebody said they're full. She didn't go buy an iPhone 10. See, when God, when God gives you the resources and he blesses it, he blesses it for a purpose. So many times we eat what God calls seed. He'll, he'll bring forth a harvest in our life, and we'll say, wow, this is wonderful. Vacation time. Stay focused. She went straight to the man of God for instructions. Are you with me? He said to her, go sell the oil. Not some of the oil. Go sell the oil, pay your debt, and live off the rest. He took her from poverty to sustaining her to now overflow. We can't get caught in the sustaining part and call that the blessing. Some stuff God says is to get you through day to day. But then there's the overflow. God is always looking about looking at the overflow. Because the overflow deals with much more than your family. The overflow deals with the purpose. He says, I give you the power to get well. For what reason? To establish my covenant in the earth. He's always thinking about the covenant. Are you with me? It's amazing that as many vessels as they had, the oil poured and poured and poured until she started asking for more vessels. Where, can I get some more jars? They said, there ain't no more. And then the oil ceased. Can you imagine her in that moment saying, Man, we have all this room over here. We could have gathered more. We could have we pressed in. We could have knocked on that strange woman's door that nobody likes to go visit. 
We could have, just think about that. When God blesses, you think about all the things you could have done to bring forth more increase. See, when I look at the early church of Acts, they were so infatuated with Jesus that they gave till there wasn't a need among them. I mean, poverty was just broken because not every, everybody wasn't looking at the problem. They weren't looking at the need. They were looked at Jesus. Are you with me? They were fixated on Jesus. See, when your eyes is fixated on Jesus, the need becomes small because the provision is much, the, the provision comes from the provider. Are you with me? As you magnify the provider, he'll release the seed to your life. I remember back in 2000, I told my wife I wouldn't go to this, but <laughs> you can get me later. I remember 2000, 2007, 8, my wife sold homes then that season. And she was a part of the million dollar club. I mean, every year, $5 million homes sold, $5 million worth of homes sold. And she was just raking it in. And she bought this car, this Jeep Commander, put $10,000 down on it, and drove it off the showroom floor. And then I, I start to think about that stuff now, like, what were you thinking? I mean, I have never put $10,000 down on Jesus when I put it down on my car. And then here comes the market crash. Boom. Job goes away. Now the very thing that we looked at as the source, and we all know Jesus is our source, but the thing that we've looked at for provision on earth went away. And here we are, stuck wondering what are we going to do? Has that been anybody in here? What am I going to do? You have that silent prayer. You have that prayer and that look, look on your face when you come to church. How you doing? I'm pr praise the Lord. I'm wonderful. You're a professional hypocrite. <laughs> you speak behind a mask. Behind the mask, you're saying, oh, God, I'm dying. But the mask is saying, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm wonderful. Everything's great. We become professionals with it. But when I take the mask off and was in my prayer room, it's like, God, I love you so much. I do this, I do that. We got that laundry list of things we do. God, I do this, I do that. Why me? Why is my business drying up? Why isn't the customers not coming to my door? Are you with me? I can believe that this was the, the conversation of the woman because when she came in contact with the prophet, she cried out. She didn't just pull him to the side and say, let me talk to you. She began to pour out all those feelings, all those emotions, all at one time, just began to dump on him. Had a dumping session. There's people I have in my church that have dumping sessions all the time. I'm not intimidated by them. Because... <laughs> That's the, that's the prayer that she's having behind the door with God. And she comes to me to dump, and I'm going to tell her what God says. Are you with me? Then there's this other lady. If you read further down, she's a wealthy woman. She has 
enough wealth that she can build a room on the back of her house. And she pulls her husband to the side and says, honey, I think this is a great, men, come on guys. Our women, our wives come up with some great ideas, but it always seems to cost. (laughs) Honey, I got this great idea. Oh, I'm just surviving the last idea. But I love it. I love it. Believe me, I love it. She came up with an idea of building a room on the back of the house, putting a bed in and putting this table and a lamp and all these wonderful things. And she did it just for the man of God. Not for a cousin, not for a brother, but for somebody that travels back and forth here and there. Are you with me? I love those kind of people. Hey, I'm one of those kind of people myself. I was talking with a young lady at my church, and she said, I was telling her about an idea about a car that I was thinking about getting. I said, wow, this van's got 17 seats. It's got this. It's got all the bells and whistles. And she looked at me, a van? I said, yeah, I can haul all these people in it. We can go here. We can go there. She said, do you realize the things that make you excited has nothing to do with you? It has something to do with somebody else. And then I thought about that. I said, God turned my heart where it's no longer about me. It's no longer self-serving. That it's about the things that I can bless others for. See, when you're so in love and so on fire with God, you start thinking about other people, not yourself. The way I used to jump and skip and get excited when God blessed me to buy something for myself, I get even more excited about about what God is doing for someone else through me. I believe this woman was like that. To the point that she didn't even recognize she had her own need herself. See, one person was strong inwardly, but had an outward need called finances. And this lady had all the money that you could ever think about. She didn't have an outward need, but she had an inward need. She had a need for a son. She had a desire for a child that that went beyond uh, can it happen, will it happen, Till I don't think it ever will happen till it's not going to happen. She started reasoning why it wouldn't happen. But Well, my husband's too old. I don't know about you guys. I plan on being young for another 50, 60 years. But somewhere around the, around the corner of life, the turns in life, she said her husband's getting old. So she's given up on the promise of having a baby. And she settled for just being happy, blessing people, blessing others, doing things for the church. She was a wonderful church person, a wonderful example of a child of God. Except for one thing, there was a void in her heart that she pressed down, that she no longer acknowledges it before God. When he asked her, he said to her, what is it you want? Do you want me to acknowledge you before the king? She turns around, I dwell with my people. In other words, I don't need nothing. There's nothing I need, everything I need. I can buy houses, I can buy. What can you do for someone that can buy anything they they want? I don't have a need. 
Can I introduce you to the king? I love the people. But then here's the servant comes up. She does have a deed. She has a deed for a desire to have a child. He pulls her, calls the servant to bring her back. She comes back and she stands in the doorway of the room. Right where many of us are right now, in the doorway of the greatest miracle of our life. We're standing right there in the doorway, and God's saying, what is it you want? And we stand there in the doorway. We can make a choice because a doorway takes you from one area to another. You can move from one dimension to another. You can go back and be secretly uh, miserable in the heart, or you can move forward into destiny of your dreams. She stands there in the doorway, and he asked her, what does she want? And he began to speak to her. He said, this, this time next year, you will have a child. And I'm here to tell you that somebody in this room at the doorway of their heart, God is speaking to you right now. He says, you this time next year can walk into the greatest miracle of your life. You can have it right now if you make the next step from the doorway to the room. From the doorway to the room. But you got to pour out. Pour out any ideas. Pour out how you think God's going to bless you. Pour out how the ways is going to come. Pour out even your example of what you think a father is, a mother is, or a child is. We have all these, these ideas of what a parent is or, 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 or how to be with the blessing. Instead of saying, God, I don't know. See, when you say, I don't know, you empty yourself and you make room for God to fill. What can God fill if you're already full? What can God fill? He made the heavens and the earth and did what he filled it. There's a need first, and then he fulfills that need. Some of us got to hit delete in our heart. We got to say, God, give me the answer. Even with this lovely lady here, I can't love her the same way I did when we were 25. There's this thing called turns in life. It's a day, every day, every day I'm loving her. Every day I'm growing. Every day I'm learning. It's like riding a motorcycle. We got to lean together in the turns of life or we wreck the thing. And most of us are walking around with a wreck thing that we shouted over at one time. I talk to people. I said, why are you, why are you like, I, I don't know why, I don't know why, Eddie. I don't know why we're together. She once caused your heart to skip. Your dream once caused your heart to skip. See, remember when God first blessed you with that job, blessed you with that career, gave you that business, gave you that marriage, gave you those children, and your heart skipped. Something happened. That caused it to die and caused you to be desperate, caused anxiety to grow. God says, what's in your house? I'm going to use that little thing that you call nothing, and I'm going to produce a miracle out of it. 
I want everyone to close their eyes. No one looking around. I want you to be honest with God right now. Take the mask off. What's the thing that you shout over and now you cry over it? God wants to fix that right now. It once brought you joy. But you're up all night now. Figuring how are you going to do it? Guys, we struggle with this. Men, we struggle with this all the time. Because he told us to have dominion, subdue. So we're supposed to be the strength. We're supposed to, we, we say the backbone of the family, but God is. God said, you've been doing something that I'm supposed to be. And today he's going to refuel and refire your vision, refire your dream. He's going to increase in joy in that area of your life that was dead. Can I give Beth, Bethany back up? He's going to do it right now. He's searching your heart. I'm going to pray for two people, two different people. One person, one side of the people can be honest and say, Pastor, that's me. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I can't get it together. I need to go back to my house. I need to search my heart. I need to search where I dropped my axe head. I need God to breathe on that thing. Give it life. See, the miracle wasn't in the the jar. The miracle was in the word. It was in the response to what God said. You could have a million leaves in the house and God tell you to go sweep it up and I'll give you the revelation. Or you could have a pot of oil. The other one is the person that financially are blessed. You love God to life, and you're a good Christian, a good son and daughter, but you gave up on the thing that moved your heart. You pressed it down and said, it's too late in my life to do it. God wants to do it in this season of your life. I want those two people to lift their hands. Lift your hands right now. I want to pray for those people. Come down to the altar. I want to release a word in your life.